The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Everybody, welcome. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy. And I'm Jeannie here on our show today, and we're so glad that you're with us on another great Friday here. And um, we are really hoping that you're passing along the wonderful news that we have, this radio show, and to get your friends to come come in on it. And Lucy's going to take you through just this process of getting the app. Now, if you're already listening, it's likely that you already have this app, but you might not, and it would be... Um, it just makes it very, very convenient so then you can listen to the radio show on your phone or any other sort of device while you're driving or getting ready in the morning or any of these various downtimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and all of the past shows as well as the live show is on this app. So you can download this to your Android or to your Apple or your iPhone device, and um, you'd find it either in the Android Play Store or in the App Store. And it's called Voice America Radio Network. So Voice America is one word, and then Radio Network. And once you type in Voice America you should be able to just click search and then it pops up and it's there's a green box with a microphone and it says Voice America Media on it. So that's the app that you're going to install. And then once you install the app, um, I'm going to find mine on my phone, the first time that you open it up, it's going to be live. So that's the live show and I have my volume turned down, but I have mine turned on and it's us talking right there, Body Balance Talk. To listen to the past shows, you would click on Menu. And then this menu pops up with these big boxes. One of them at the top in the center is On Demand, and it looks like a microphone. There's also an On Demand next to it that has a video type thing. You're going to click on the microphone. And these are all the On Demand shows in the whole Voice America um, radio station. Scroll down to Body Balance Talk. And body balance is one word, and then talk is the second word. And then you can click on that, and you see all of our past episodes, and you can just listen to them right on your phone. Now, one more point, if you find that you get lost and it's starting to ask you for a channel, we're on the health and wellness channel. So if you ever are needing to type that in, it's the health and wellness channel on Voice America. 
Yeah, and while everybody's on your phones right now, because I know that you're on there, and I, I also know that some of you are even on Facebook right now. And so if you're on your phone and if you're on Facebook, go to the Studio Facebook page at Studio Timeout, and you'll come to our business Facebook page. And why we're directing you there is because we put these short little video clips, and today we have, there's one of Madeline talking about men and yoga, and some of these videos are really only like 10 or 15 seconds long and other ones are a minute or two but you'll also find these little video clips of how to make a pot roast and they really are short or it would be a video on how to make winter squash and how that's really great for cravings or it's going to be just a note about um, clicking on our uh, one of our web our, our website pages about getting more information on cravings and so we'd like to bring it up to our radio show listeners because we know that you're interested in health and nutrition and these are just going to be some other formats where we can help you out with your day-to-day lifestyle and nutrition changes so you just go to that Facebook page and when we have heard people say well I'm not on Facebook or I don't want to start Facebook or anything like that but do you know you can actually go on Facebook out without any of your contact information or your photo or anything and you just put in a different name and so we've had people put in their cat or their dog or just ABC or whatever I mean it doesn't matter what you're listed on as your name and so you're not necessarily going to be identified at all if that's what your concern is about Facebook. But um, Facebook can really, really be a good source of information for people when you use it to your benefit. So um, it's just out there and it's for people to use. And so we make the most of our studio Facebook page and pass along really great information to you. Now, we've been talking about the six steps to stubborn fat loss for a while now, maybe like um, maybe six weeks. And there's six steps and we've talked about the first four or five or so on here. And we really just like to draw it out to get into all the nooks and crannies of what these steps are and to also review some of them and bring them even more to life for you. And we found that sometimes just going right through information really fast, uh, it really just comes and goes in one ear and out an ear and you think, oh, that's really interesting. And then you forgot something. And so that's why we like to revisit the information in varied and different ways. And so that's some of what we'll be doing today. And we'll dive further into estrogen detoxification, which is just a fascinating topic. So we'll be getting to that more at the middle or the end of the show. And so something about this, remember it's called Six Steps to Stubborn Fat Loss. And so you might be thinking, I'm not really interested in losing weight and this or that. And the wonderful thing here is that all of these guidelines that we share, they apply not only to fat loss, but to improvement of your overall health. And so say that you're going, well, I don't really have a problem with stubborn fat, but I have fibromyalgia or I have irritable bowel or diabetes or, oh, I'm dealing with cancer or diarrhea or depression or anxiety. And the great thing is that all of this information applies to you as well. And so... For instance, the other day in class, in our nutrition class, we were talking about the digestive process and how we do it in our nutrition series here, at least how we did it this last time, is we have 
um, cooking in part of the class. So we talk about the digestive process all the way from thinking and chewing and your nervous system all the way through the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine, and then out through your body. And it takes quite a while to go through all of that, of all of the ways that your stomach is actually supposed to work and how your lower esophageal sphincter works. And we talk about reflux and we talk about all kinds of things, what kind of sympathetic or parasympathetic state you're supposed to be in when you eat. So anyway, it goes on and on. And we've already had two two-hour classes on this. And then one person in the class asked at the end of that, well, but none of this really applies because what you haven't talked about diverticulitis. And, and the answer is that all of these names of things like diabetes or diverticulitis, those are just names of diseases. And they're just names so that we can conveniently talk about these things and have a discussion about them. And each of these, what we would call maybe a disease state, they have variable symptoms coming around them. But in reality, we want to look at it that these diseases are really all symptoms of our bodies not working properly. And it's not something that randomly happened to us. So in the case of this person who brought up about the diverticulitis, she was thinking, wow, you went all the way through digestion, but we didn't address diverticulitis. And my answer to her was, no, we addressed all of these things. So when you actually chew your food and you eat in a relaxed state and you don't drink excessive liquids with your with your uh, food and you have an acid stomach in a, in a good way that you can digest your food and we go on and on and on and you don't have leaky gut and you're pooping at least once a day. When we talk about all of those things, it really doesn't matter if you have irritable bowel or if you have constipation or diarrhea or diverticulosis or diverticulitis or if you have reflux, it doesn't matter what those things that you have. We talk about getting the body to normalize out and once the body is going to be working properly and you're giving it the support it needs to actually work, then we find that those things we call diseases start to disappear. So we don't want to see those as going to be separate entities such as, oh, these people on the radio show are talking about stubborn fat. Well, I'm not interested in that because I have cancer. Well, all of these things apply whether you have stubborn fat or cancer or what you're dealing with. Yeah, I have some, I had a client once who had a number of diagnoses like um, Crohn's and IBS and a whole list of these um, disease states that she had. And um, we were working on nutrition together um, and it came to this point where she was, her, her symptoms were at the, a really bad point as we were working together. And she said, you know, I just, I think I should just stop this nutrition coaching for now and just focus on my my diseases and we had a talk and it and she found that you know really after we had this talk she found you know this nutrition is what's going to be helping to decrease these symptoms of hers so it all comes into play and it's not an isolated thing Absolutely. And so it's so important that we all understand that when our bodies aren't working properly, and that, that means that you would notice some kind of symptoms happening, that would be your body not working properly. And so one example would be, um, say that we have an alkaline stomach pH, and it's supposed to be an acid pH. So we know physiologic-wise, 
all human beings are supposed to have acid in their stomach and very, very acidic, like pH of one to three. And that's so that we can digest our food. It's for a variety of reasons, so that we can absorb minerals and B vitamins and all kinds of reasons. But say that instead we don't have an acid pH and we have an alkaline stomach instead. Well, it's important to know that our, our bodies are not foolish or dumb or it's just kind of sitting there. And then we think, well, we're the smart one, but our body is kind of stupid. We don't want to think that. Our bodies are actually very, very, very intelligent. And so in this case, if we had an alkaline stomach, our body is going to do its best it can to, to help you to, one, stay alive and then stay as healthy as you possibly can. Um, But in this case, you're not helping it out because it doesn't have the acid in the stomach it needs to digest food. And so one way that your body deals with that is then the food actually produces its own acid to digest itself. And that's so that the food doesn't just sit there forever. It has to do something. It's not going to come out of you whole and it's not going to sit in your stomach until the day that you die if it's 50 or 60 or 10 years later and that food is still sitting there. So the food actually makes its own acid. But then that creates symptoms and then it produces these symptoms and problems that we notice. And one of those symptoms could be acid reflux. And so we want to actually look at the acid reflux as a sign that something's wrong rather than, oh, I have acid reflux. I have a disease now. So instead we see, oh, we might even thank our bodies and say, oh, thank you for giving me this sign. And it might not seem very reasonable. Like you'd go, well, why? My throat's burning. Why would I say thank you? Well, that's your body talking to you, telling you that something is not right in your body. So we would want to listen to that. And then we would want to be our body detective and find out what exactly is going on and and correct the real problem. And so maybe that acid reflux is from a hiatal hernia. And that would be where your stomach is being pinched off and then the food is going to reflux back up into your throat. So say you had that hiatal hernia and you're having acid reflux, you, again, that's going to be a symptom. And then we would want to actually correct the hiatal hernia, and then the reflux goes away. Now, maybe you're also reacting to a particular food in a negative way, and that's what's producing the acid reflux. And so then what we would want to do is find out what those foods are you're reacting to. Maybe it's just one food, who knows, and remove that food, and then the acid reflux goes away. Um, So then we actually correct the underlying problem. And so we see that the reflux, it's a sign that we need to look deeper for the real problem and that the reflux is not itself the problem. It's a sign to alert you that it's time to make a change. And it's kind of fun because we could go on and on with every single disease state this way. So let's just choose one more like high cholesterol. And when we have high cholesterol, often we think, oh, gosh, I have high cholesterol. I, I, ha- I have a disease or I'm going to have heart disease and I, maybe I'm going to get a heart attack. So I need to do something about it. But we want to understand that high cholesterol, that's going to usually be a sign that your body is experiencing high inflammation or an inflammatory state. And so then the solution would be to look for the inflammation and then fix the inflammation problem. So we know that your body produces cholesterol in response to an inflammatory state. And so we want to know that 
and understand that our cholesterol is actually there to help us. Always remembering that things our bodies naturally produce, such as cholesterol, it's not going to just produce a really harmful substance for absolutely no reason, and it's just going to be out to get us. We say, oh no, if my body, my liver is producing cholesterol, I wonder why it's producing excess cholesterol. You would ask yourself that question. And then we would see cholesterol is helping you, and it's actually your friend. So we ask the question, why would I have this inflammation? Well, we already know that we've talked about this a number of times on the radio show about a number of reasons a person would have inflammation. So remember, how about eating a lot of sugar and carbs? And then when you end up with high insulin and triglycerides and high blood sugar, all three of those are inflammatory. Okay, so say that you got your insulin level done and it's 10. It's not 2 to 5. It's 10 or it's 8 or it's 22. That's just telling you right there, I'm in an inflammatory state. So just by having a diet high in sugar and high in carbs can put you in an inflammatory state. Now, how about leaky gut? That creates an immune response in addition to inflammation. So remembering that leaky gut is a a problem where your small intestine is leaking a little bit larger food particles through than it should. And we want it not to leak any, and it can often start leaking uh, for a variety of reasons, maybe antibiotics or gut bacteria or eating foods that you react to. But the point is, if you're dealing with leaky gut, and we like to point out that lots and lots and lots and lots of people have leaky gut, that's creating an inflammatory state in your body. Now, how about eating foods that you're reacting to? And you go, oh, I know, I don't really react well to dairy. You know, every time I eat dairy, I get diarrhea. But, you know, I can get through it as long as I'm next to a toilet. I'd rather just have the dairy and just deal with it. But that's creating an inflammatory state in your body. Now, how about eating damaged fats, such as canola oil, which we all hear that canola oil is heart healthy and it's low in saturated fats. We hear all of this propaganda about canola oil. Well, that's actually an inflammatory fat. And so is corn oil and soybean oil. And any of those processed oils, the processed sunflower and safflower oil, and who out there eats microwave popcorn? So that's super inflammatory with those fats. And roasted nuts, that's damaged fats. And factory farm meat. So every single time that you have a hamburger or some sort of beef that's not 100% grass-fed, that's going to be inflammatory fats that you're eating. And that would include eating bacon from pigs that are fed non-GMO corn. So eating low-quality meats, which is 95% of all of our meats that's available in our country, that's going to be inflammatory fat. And so we can see that there's a lot of reasons why somebody would actually have an inflammatory state. And so if you have that high inflammation then your body is going to likely produce excess cholesterol to start start to lower that inflammation. Knowing that cholesterol, non-oxidized cholesterol, is actually something uh, healing and very anti-inflammatory for your body. And so imagine if you had the symptom, which is a lab result that said you have high cholesterol, and then you decide, let's only treat the symptom and make the cholesterol go away. 
then we see, okay, the problem is still there. We still have the inflammatory state. And that's what's actually creating a lot of problems in your blood vessels and in your nerves and your brain. It creates problems all over your body. Well, let's go on to our break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. And we're taking callers. So call us at one 866 472-5792 or you can email us at info at mybodybalancenutrition.com we'll answer all of your questions and listen to your comments we'll be back soon your life your health your network you're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan and Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Back to Body 
Balance Talk. This is Lucy, and I'm here today with Jeannie, and we're waiting for all of your calls. So call in. We'll take your call. <laughs> we want to hear what you think, what you've been thinking of the last few of these series or any comments that you have about changes you've made since starting this radio show. Yeah, that's a good point. We just really love talking to people about their journey and how it's going for them. And what I especially like about it is just just hearing all the differences. None of us do it in the same way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I do my thing one way. Lucy does things a different way. Madeline does her way. And then everybody that we have that we run into, we all have our own method and our own way. And that's what we really, you know, we just are here giving out information and we want you to take in that information and digest it and mull it around and then you become your own expert on how it's going to work for you. And however you're going to choose to do it, that's going to, that's just going to be up to you. And so nobody compares to somebody else and about, oh, this is working for me. Well, maybe that doesn't work for another person. Some people make changes really radically. Like the other day, I was talking to um, one of the clients here, Michelle, and she told me, Jeannie, do you know since the day I met you, I haven't had any pop or candy or any sugar? And she is really on a mission. She's dealing with some thyroid issues and she wanted to lose a fair amount of weight. And, you know, for her, she just decided from that second, I'm not going to be eating gluten and sugar. And she's just, she's just doing that for her. For other people, they make one little change and then they're going to be very, very successful with that. So it's always important to know that we really carve out our own way of doing things and we carve out our own life and it it just needs to work for you and you need to just take responsibility for your own choices and your own actions because your life is really just up to you. And we were just talking about these so-called disease states like uh, acid reflux, and high cholesterol that you could think, well, I have these disease states that we're talking about that they're really symptoms of other things going on. And if we just go right on the top, it's kind of like that iceberg thing, right? That you see that this little piece of ice sticking up, but down below there's like 10 or 20 times the amount of ice down below where you can't see. That's kind of like high cholesterol and it's kind of like acid reflux. And it's also like cancer. It's, it's like any of these things, diabetes, and um, depression, it's all of those things are like that where the little piece sticking up, that's going to be the symptom that you can feel or sometimes see or sometimes you can measure it on lab results. But down below is all these other things that are going on to make it happen. And so what we learned from listening to the radio show and getting this nutrition and lifestyle information is that we want to actually go down below the surface and start poking around down there. And finding out, well, what is really the cause? And when we get that fixed, then that top part that's sticking out above the water, that can just go away. So then the depression goes away, the constipation goes away. You know, whatever these symptoms are that you're dealing with, but we have to look below the surface. And so cancer, I'm just going to touch on that because it's, I just think that cancer is just such a fascinating topic and we're not going to dwell on it real long here. But cancer, it, cancer really can only grow when the environment is right for it to grow. So you might think of it like the weather outside, something like a tornado. And you ask, well, how does the tornado form? Like, do you think, does the tornado does the tornado just come out of nowhere. You just go, it wasn't there, and now it's just there. 
you go, well, no, it actually had to develop the right conditions for the tornado to actually form and then happen. And that would be the same for things like a hurricane. A hurricane doesn't just come out of nowhere, bam, it's going to form these the right conditions for a hurricane to form, just like a blizzard and a snowstorm, any of these weather conditions, it has to have the right condition in order for that to form. Well, cancer is just like that. Cancer doesn't just appear out of nowhere just for some sort of, um, you know, unlucky or magical reason. It doesn't just appear. A cancer can only grow in certain environments. And there are obviously different types of cancer. So there's going to be a, a little bit of variation and differences into the environments that these various cancers grow in. It's like, say you have a, a blood cancer versus pancreatic cancer versus brain cancer. There's going to be some differences there. But in general, cancer grows in an environment with low oxygen, high acid and low nutrients, low nutrition is going to be common to every single cancer. And so consider the fact that you've created an, now this is going to be, this might kind of blow your mind or might even make you really mad. So let's just hold on here a second. But consider the fact that you've created an environment that's so unhealthy for your cells that cancer actually grows to protect you. So that's kind of a mind-blowing concept. I know that it sounds radical or mind-blowing, and I know that for some of you, it's going to make you maybe get really angry about that. But I'm asking you to just consider that possibility that there's a possibility that cancer it actually grows in your body to protect you. And so I'm going to just ask you, if you have cancer, instead of creating a war on it and fighting it, and so I'm going to ask you to consider making friends with the cancer and actually thank the cancer for being there for you. And then go ahead and do your research, choose your course of treatment, but include in that course of treatment changing the bioterrain to one that does not support cancer growth. So knowing that that cancer could not grow if it had a different environment. And so what's going to be important to you is actually to change that environment of where the cancer is. And so this is why we can go on and on and have all these debates about when you have cancer, you shouldn't eat meat or you should eat meat or you should do this or you should do that. We want to really go back to saying we want to create a, a bioterrain where it's not going to be possible for that cancer to grow. And there's all kinds of treatments. There's surgery and radiation and all these different treatments that people get. But what you want to know is whatever treatment you're getting, you want to change the bioterrain to make it so that that cancer will not be able to grow back. We don't want to have the same bioterrain and then make it possible that the cancer is just going to grow again. And we know that cancer has super high relapse rates. Well, that's going to be because the bioterrain didn't actually change. So here again, we want to go under that iceberg and look underneath of, I wonder why I got the cancer. And then we're going to say, I think it's because I have a bioterrain that supports cancer growth. So I'm going to do some research on improving my bioterrain. So that's my acid environment. I'm not talking about acid stomach, I'm talking about the acid in the blood, that type of acid and alkaline pH in the blood system, talking about having low nutrition. So this is why we talk about in the nutrition radio show about really focusing that everything that goes in your mouth is going to be high nutrition and that you get yourself able to actually digest the food so that you can bring nutrition to your cells. And cancer, believe it or not, hates good nutrition. 
So we go, okay, let's really, really load up on the nutrition for the cells. So that's all I'm going to touch upon about cancer. But just to start to think about that maybe cancer is actually your friend and is there to protect you, that's going to actually change the way that you think. It's going to change all of the chemicals in your body when you change from, I'm going to fight cancer and I'm going to create a war. Just even think that for a moment and you feel something happen in your body that's different brain chemicals and chemicals floating around in your blood system than if you say, you know what, thank you, cancer. Thank you for being there to support me. And now, can you be there with me as I improve the health of my body so I can live a long, happy life? And so this is the direction that I'm going to be moving in. So we can see that's just an entirely different mindset. And so cancer wouldn't be different from saying, oh, I have reflux. Thank you, reflux, for showing me that something's going wrong in my body so I can address it now because I'm not dead now. I still have a chance to improve my health before something gets really, really serious for me. So this is presenting a really, really different mindset for people to think about these so-called diseases and these symptoms that we get. And then it comes around to this issue, too, with fat. And, you know, it's so easy to only think that fat is an aesthetic issue. And we talk all about if there's, if we discriminate against fat people or if being fat is beautiful or if it's ugly. You know, we're going to ask that we just put all the aesthetics about being fat or thin aside and really think that the issue with having excess body fat is that it's not going to be healthy for anybody. So we can even like the way that people look when they're fat. That's perfectly fine if we think that they look great. There's nothing wrong with that. But the the fact is, is that excess body fat is actually uh, not healthy for people's body and that those fat cells, you might think that they're just sitting there. Oh, I have fat and it just sits there. And then I have all these other organs, like a liver does something and my stomach does something and my thyroid does something and my bladder does something, but fat just sits there. That's not true. Fat is actually an endocrine organ and it secretes hormones and it secretes all kinds of different chemicals. And one of those chemicals that fat secretes are these chemicals called inflammatory cytokines. And so here we're talking about another source of inflammation is actually excess body fat. So when we're talking about our six steps to stubborn fat loss, this isn't just for people that you just want to fit into a size four or whatever the number is, or you just want to get into these pants, or you have a class reunion coming up, so we want to go on a body fat loss program. We're talking about people's health here. And it doesn't matter if it's excess body fat, or again, I know I keep repeating, or if it's diabetes, or if it's constipation, or if it's acid reflux, or depression, or anxiety. These are all in the same bucket of, here's what it is. Your body's physiology is not working properly, and there's something that you're doing to not support your body's health. And so... Instead of calling it six steps to stubborn fat loss, we could call it the way to no more no more diverticulitis or let's lose the fibromyalgia or no more diabetes. All of these would be the same steps. So this is where we can stop wondering about what we have and what we're dealing with. And if that's somebody else or if that's us, we just say, you know, we all have human bodies and we all want them to work properly. And so if we go through these steps, this is going to really help all of us, no matter if we have excess body fat or not. And so 
we, when we started with the six steps for stubborn fat loss or lose the fibromyalgia or whatever that we really want to call it, we talked about our first step is actually to change your mindset and get, get away from this mindset of going on these specialized programs, a program for six weeks or a program for two months, or I'm going to go on this program for three weeks or whatever this is, and that we're going to count calories and that we're going to eat diet food. Um, like the other day we were in the nutrition <laughs> class, we were making some kind of food and it was, I think it was the spicy mayo. Has anybody tried that? It's a fabulous recipe on our blog and it's full of egg yolk and uh, avocado, uh, avocado olive and oil. olive oil. So full of really, really great fats. And this one woman said, now this doesn't taste like diet food at all. And I think that was the same class that we were eating this dandelion salad that had that was full, used um, bacon fat in it and also bacon. And so they're like, wow, none of this tastes like diet food. And that's what we just really want to change our mindset and get away from thinking about diets and calories and how many calories does fat have. And instead, change your mindset that we want to instead learn about how our body works and then we want to put a priority on getting our bodies back to their normal and their amazing function and realizing that all the cells in your body, they're very, very highly intelligent and that they're actually there to help you to have not only a good body and a healthy body, but a really, really great life. And so the more that we can learn about how our bodies work, then the better lives that we can actually have. So that was our first step is to change our mindset. And then our second step was about just really getting off this idea that we need to exercise really a lot and do lots and lots of cardio because we want to lose weight. So we should um, you know, do marathons and we should run long distances and we need to exercise hours in the day. And we know of somebody who just the other day yeah, just the other day we were talking about this and actually I was um I didn't talk to the client about this yet, but we were looking and seeing her visits or noticing that she comes a lot to Tabata and then immediately after Tabata she'll stay for a weightlifting class. So the Tabata is a high intensity, really intense class. And then she'll stay for a really intense weightlifting class back to back. And then later that day she'll come back for two other really intense classes, like maybe a, a, a dance class and then maybe an, another weightlifting one or a reformer class and that is a lot of exercise and we we know who this person is and we have conversations with her so we know that she is looking to lose weight well she's actually been kind of upset because she's come up a number of times and she said you know Jeannie I'm really not very happy I've been coming to these exercise classes and I'm not happy with my weight loss and she um, has a she really does want to lose a, a bunch of weight and she has excess body fat and she's not happy happy about her progress. And so this is an example, isn't it, Lucy, of somebody yes. that, that you know, you can spend all of this time exercising and instead of it pushing her hormones in the right direction, which that's what we want to have, that mindset of any exercise you choose, it should be something that actually pushes your hormones in the right direction. So that would mean that the exercise should increase your growth hormone, it should decrease your insulin, it should regulate your cortisol, 
and increase your testosterone. And when we have those kinds of shifts in hormones, that's going to make us better fat burners. And it's going to also increase our mitochondria in our cells. So that's what makes people feel much more energized as opposed to this person that Lucy was just talking about and a number of other people that we run into on a daily basis. They're tired all the time. And so not only are they over-exercising and pushing their hormones in the wrong direction, so such as topping out on the cortisol and it's not helping their insulin, it's not helping the growth hormone, they're not becoming better fat burners, but they're also not increasing their mitochondria. They're kind of beating their bodies up. But then also, what kind of life do you have when you spend that many hours exercising? You know, you really want to spend your life doing a lot of other things, being with friends, maybe, you know, advancing your career, or you know, really just enjoying yourself, but this or maybe hours more sleep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked in other radio shows about that Tabata. Oh, and it looks like it's time for a break. But just saying about the Tabata, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm doing Tabata, but then I'm also doing the weightlifting and all this. But if you're burning out your system and over exercising, even if you're doing the Tabata, which is supposed to be beneficial, it's going to end up being harmful. Yeah, if it's too much. If it's too much, yep. So when we come back, we'll keep talking about this and then talk more about estrogen detox. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. 
To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Lucy, and I'm here with Jeannie, and we have a surprise. Madeline yes. is on the phone with us. Yes, Hi, Madeline. everybody. Yeah. Hi, Madeline. Madeline is in Houston, and she has been out there for a couple days, and so we thought that we'd actually bring up this egg pancake that she was making. She has um, her boyfriend, Jacob, and she made these pancakes for him, and he happens to be a, an enormously picky eater, and he even liked these. Is that right, Madeline? Yeah, he actually did really like them, and one of the comments he made was that he said, oh, these taste like unhealthy pancakes. <laughs> and um, also, normally Jacob is able to eat like a really, really large quantity of food in one sitting. And, um, and like larger than most people can eat in one sitting. And he usually feels really good at, at everything doing that. He just has one of those bodies where like he can do that. But what I noticed is that with this recipe... It's got four eggs in it, and, it, it, and have you guys gone over these ingredients or no? No, we didn't go over the ingredients yet. Oh. Well, there's four whole eggs in it, and then there's just a couple of other ingredients. But um, normally I would think he would be able to just eat that whole batch of pancakes no problem by himself, and it would actually be a really good meal for him. But I noticed that he stopped eating them about three-quarters of the way through and just said, oh, yeah, I'm done now. I'm satisfied. And I found that just to be, it was different for him. And it was interesting to see that 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 type of food really made him feel satisfied, although he said, this tastes like unhealthy pancakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's because probably, because Jacob has been used to in the past eating a lot of processed foods with chemicals in it that just makes you not be able to stop eating. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so these obviously don't have all those chemicals. So let's go over what the ingredients are. Madeline, do you have them? Because otherwise I do. Um, I have them in my mind. Yeah, uh, okay. So let's go yeah. over the recipe for our listeners. These are these are some egg pancakes, and we, we like to bring up this recipe, especially for people that are transitioning. And you say, you know what, I decided I'm going to go gluten-free, but... I really miss my cereal and pancakes and my toast and all of this stuff. Well, we have this great recipe that is actually quite healthy and works for people. So let's just share this. It's, um, it, we'll have it out on our blog at some point, but um, well, let's just share it right now. So it starts with four eggs. Is that right? Yep. So um, you just start by beating four eggs. And I actually like to put them into some type of blender. Like I... I actually just put all of the ingredients into either the Vitamix or whatever other blender you have, or you can beat it all by hand. Either way works. But it is um, four eggs, and then we're going to be using... Uh, do you have the, the amounts of, of the other... Yep, I do. I yeah, then it's a quarter cup of coconut flour. Yeah, and one thing you want to know if you're hand mixing this is that coconut flour is really difficult to stir into things. So it gets really clumpy and kind of, like, thick. So it would be easy to accidentally have, like, a really large chunk of coconut flour just in your pancake. So you want to be using a fork or a whisk or something that can really beat 
that into the eggs, and that's why I like to use a blender or a Vitamix instead. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So we have four eggs so far, a quarter cup of coconut flour, and then we have a half a teaspoon of vanilla, and you could put more in if you like more vanilla, and yeah. then a, one teaspoon of liquid stevia. Yeah, and you might want to put more, more of that liquid stevia if you're serving this to people who really like things sweet, like if your kids have a sweet tooth, use more, mm-hmm. like maybe, a, maybe like a half a teaspoon extra. Mm-hmm. And then we have one heaping teaspoon of cinnamon yeah. and one pinch of nut- nutmeg and then a quarter cup of full-fat coconut milk. Yeah. And so this is what you would mix up in some sort of blender and get it really smooth so you don't have any big chunks of coconut flour. And then do you let it sit, Madeline, or not? I've done both. I've let it just sit there, and then I've also used it, like, right after I was done mixing it. And, you know, if you do let it sit for about five minutes, the batter does seem to thicken up. But at the same time, like, if you're using a small pan and you only make one pancake at a time, you can just make the first one, and then that one might just be, like, a little flat. And then the rest of them are going to be slightly fluffier because it was sitting there waiting during that first pancake. So it's not like a make it or break it type of thing, but I Uh do think it's thicker and fluffier when you let it sit for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And then you would have some coconut oil in your pan and heat that up a bit and remember about not heating it so hot that it starts smoking. So you're just going to gently heat that up and then put a pancake in there and you could make this uh, one tiny pancake or you could make big pancakes. You can make them any shape that you like. And then when you take it out, you could just, you could actually just eat this plain. Like we've had people that make these kind of pancakes really quick in the morning and then just put it in some sort of wax paper or something and then eat it in the car (laughs) on the way to work. I know it sounds kind of funny, but, you know, we realize people are going to eat in the car anyway. So, you know, this, this actually lends itself to something that you could eat on your way to work. And it's a little tiny bit like eating um, a muffin in that you might think, well, pancakes, you have to put syrup and all this stuff all over it. But a lot of people actually just prefer to just eat this thing. And you can make kind of a big pancake and then just eat that on your way to work. Otherwise, you can, if you're going to sit down and eat it, which would be a good idea to do, you could put um, pasture butter on it. Right, Madeline? Yeah, pasture butter tastes great on there. And you can also add lots of different types of toppings. So you could either keep the cinnamon in with these toppings or take it out. But you've heard us talk about the Lily's chocolate chips before. These are chocolate chips that you can either order online or you can buy them in certain um, health food stores. And they're made with stevia. So if you like chocolate chip pancakes, what you would do is just pour the batter in the pan and then add the chocolate chips once you just poured it in the pan. So don't add the chocolate chips to the whole mix of batter because they'll all be stuck on the bottom and your pancakes will all be, like, some will have lots of chocolate chips and some will have none. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, sprinkle some chocolate chips on top and then flip it over and, and make it like normal. You could also put some blueberries on, and these could be frozen or fresh blueberries right on top of the pancake or raspberries. Um, we've also made them with some slivered almonds. And you, you really can use just any types of toppings or, or uh, you know, 
foods that you might already think of putting on a pancake. So you could even put some chopped nuts in, in it when you're cooking it, maybe. Yeah, like pour the plain batter in the pan and then put the chopped nuts on there. Mm-hmm, like walnuts would be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, this is so great. You could also um, put a lot more cinnamon in. Like if I were making cinnamon pancakes, I would maybe even triple the amount of cinnamon. And, and was that nutmeg or cloves? I can't remember. That's nutmeg. And then you could put a tiny bit of cloves in there. Yeah, or maybe even um, also a little bit of ginger with that. So it would be like pumpkin pie spices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be oh. really good. And also, um, I've made pancakes like this in the past and actually put some pumpkin in there. Oh, yeah. That's it. That tastes great. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of ways um, to add variety. And what you'll notice is if you've ever made pancakes before, ever in your life, it's basically the exact same experience. So they're not going to be really weird or, like, really difficult to figure out. It's just the same. You just use these different ingredients. Well, this is so great. So this just goes along. We've been talking again about our six steps of stubborn fat loss and all of these different strategies and how they really apply to anybody, no matter really what you're dealing with, if it's um, reflux or whatever. And so the point here, this would be a recipe that could be supportive in helping to heal your body. And the only reason it wouldn't be supportive is if you are reactive to some of those foods like eggs. If you say, oh, no, my body reacts to eggs, well, then you'd go, well, these egg pancakes aren't really going to be the best choice for me. But, um, but otherwise, if you don't react to eggs and you're not reacting to coconut, this could be a very, very good and healing food for really anybody that's dealing with most any sort of issue, including stubborn fat loss. Yeah, and what's really neat about this is that so many times I hear people um, just beginning their kind of journey to health, and they, they haven't ever made any health changes in their life, or maybe very few, and they've decided that they are going to start making a change, um, but they have no idea where to start, and they, it seems too overwhelming, and sometimes they even say, you know, forget this, I, I'm just going to stick with what I've been doing, uh, it's too much this is too complicated to try to get healthy. But, you know, if you're somebody who just eats pancakes already, or even if you have them once a week or once a month, and you just switch to eating these instead, it's like not even an issue to change that habit. Your family probably won't even notice that they're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then the other point, too, about these pancakes, because we notice that they are gluten-free, and you might think, well, why don't I just get one of those gluten-free pancake mixes? That would just be yeah. a lot easier than measuring out all this stuff. But remember that those kinds of gluten-free type of mixes in the store contain um, all these grains, these processed grains or, or starches, such as potato starch or sometimes corn starch and tapioca starch and um, rice flour and all these kinds of grains that but that's really not so much better for your health than just having gluten in the first place. And so if we look at these ingredients, we do have coconut flour in there. And coconut flour is actually very high in fiber and also high in nutrition. And it's not going to be one of those processed grains. And it's not a grain at all. And so 
um, that coconut flower is actually one of the types of flowers that's going to be helpful and beneficial if you're working on any sort of gut healing. As we learned before, that leaky gut leads to inflammation. And so to heal that up, we really don't want to be eating the grains and gluten. That's not going to be helpful if you're trying to do gut healing. And so we really, if you're going to be eating pancakes, we want to avoid those gluten-free mixes in the store and, and do something like this recipe that really is real whole foods. And same with those eggs. You don't remember our first mindset about getting rid of the diet mentality because I know I can I swear I can hear people's thoughts on this radio show and I can hear you saying four eggs oh for heaven's sake and this is more than one serving so you wouldn't eat this by yourself usually except for maybe Jacob but nobody else and I don't want anybody thinking oh I'll just only use the egg whites because there's too much fat and cholesterol in those yolks so do we know what color the yolks are they're gold and yellow and they're colored so a lot of phytonutrients in those yolks so we that the the yolk is not going to be something of the egg that you're going to want to be throwing away so don't even go there with thinking I think I'll just put egg whites in because it will be fewer calories and not as much fat we really want to be using that whole egg mm-hmm. and and Madeline anything else going on for you in Houston well um, I'm actually making thin mints right now <laughs> So, oh, great. Uh, yeah, I'm making, I'm trying out kind of a new recipe. I've been doing that a lot lately. So maybe this will be a, a new version for people, but kind of a um, a peanut chocolate thin mint. And the peanut comes from peanut oil, actually, which I don't normally have, but I thought that I would give it a try and see how I do with it this time. And I actually have a question um, Lucy or you might have a good answer for this, but I have a question about an ingredient I just bought in the store on accident. Sure. Uh-huh. So, um, I was just at the store and I was picking out some vanilla extract and I saw, oh, look at that. The brand I normally get came out with a non-alcoholic version. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just get that and it's made without alcohol. And normally I'm the type of person that like stares and scans the the ingredients and the whole bottle and I read everything before I buy something new, but I just didn't really do that this time. And I got home and I see, oops, I accidentally bought vanilla flavoring and it said it's made from, uh, here are the ingredients, organic glycerin, organic vanilla bean extracts in water. And it's goopier than normal vanilla extract. Like it's yeah, a really yeah. I think Lucy knows all about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And to return or not? No, you know that could be an okay one to have. And you'll see that glycerin in anything that doesn't have the alcohol. So if it's alcohol-free stevia, it'll be glycerin, and that's okay to use. Glycerin is kind of sweet tasting, but it's a carrier. That's why they have to have it just so there's something else in there, and okay. um, it's. Yes, and it's not going to raise your blood sugar, and okay. it's um, it's fine for your liver, unlike artificial sweet. It's not an artificial sweetener at all. So, okay, so that I don't is have a. To take it back. Yes, you can keep that one. So okay. other people who are probably wondering that too. That's an excellent question to bring up. That glycerin oh. could be fine. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I yeah. got my question answered. Yes. But yeah, I've okay. been doing lots of 
fun new recipes here. Yes, absolutely. We'll have to talk more about those next week. And we're time to end the show. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. And I think we're actually going to be placing more on the blog, more recipes. So make sure to check that out this week. And I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie. And that's our show. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.